0: Bribery for getting through the supermarket smoothly or threats for bad behaviour are two tools in the parenting toolkit that get pulled out a lot. But many parenting experts are rethinking punishment-based parenting, instead teaching that tears and tantrums are opportunities for connection rather than problems to be solved. Layle Stone is an Australian author, podcaster, and parenting educator. She's in New Zealand for workshops about an approach to raising kids called Connected Parenting. And Lael shares some ideas for helping kids with big feelings and offers alternatives to punishments and rewards. Layle Stone joins me now from Wellington. Hi there.
1: Hi, Jesse.
0: I saw two big tweets going viral yesterday. Both were parents complaining about... How tough it is to take kids on the plane. This is your second holiday here, I think, mm. but your first with your children. Uh, how's it all going?
1: Oh, look, it's beautiful. Look, my kids are, uh, are adults now, so I absolutely holidaying with adult children is a lot easier than holidaying with uh, with little kids. But I do have a lot of empathy, you know, when we put kids in situations that are unfamiliar or needing them to sit down and be still it can be so, so challenging, you know, when we're in uh, situations like that. So I have a lot of empathy for parents, you know, when we're doing those those tricky things like getting our kids through the supermarket or <laughs> on planes. It can be really challenging.
0: OK, tell me a bit about your workshops and why you decided to run them.
1: Well, uh, I've been working with parents for nearly 20 years now, so all the way from little babies up to teenagers. So I've kind of worked with um, children of all ages and with, with parents of all ages. And uh, it was a few actually um, beautiful New Zealanders who have done some of my online courses and workshops who suggested that I come over here and do some talks. And I was looking, I've always wanted to be here. So I haven't actually been to New Zealand before and and um, my family wanted to come as well. So I thought what a beautiful opportunity to combine some work and some play and come and see your beautiful country and also connect with um with quite a few followers that I have over here. So I just thought it was a, an opportunity that was too good to to not take up.
0: Is good parenting intuitive, Lael? Is it a matter of just following your nose and your instinct?
1: Look, I think ideally, and I often say this to parents, we we want to tune into our intuition because that is often one of the best guides. because we know our kids better than anyone. You know, we can go and hear parenting educators talk or go and see experts, but they actually don't know your child. You know them better than anyone. But the tricky part is sometimes the way we were parented and the way we were raised is what becomes our belief systems around how we think we should raise kids. Now, some imprints that we've received from our family have been brilliant and amazing, but some um, often, you know, don't land so well with us, but that's because what we've been shown, that's what we end up doing. And so I think on some level, if we could block out all the noise around us and tune into, you know, what would feel good here, you know, if I've got my four-year-old having a meltdown after being, you know, out all day, and and they're really overwhelmed. If I could get quiet enough and kind of tune into them, maybe I'd go, "Gosh, they're having a hard time." And probably what they need right now is a cuddle and some food and and a little bit of connection, and that might help them. But sometimes I think what's happened to us, how we were raised, and also I think the noise from our culture and society gets pretty loud. That sometimes we lose track of you know what is right for us.
0: Interesting. I heard that tip a couple of years ago that um, if a child was in a really bad mood, meltdown state the best thing you can do is bring them close and just pour love into them Mm. and um and actually when you do that it does feel right
1: Mm. yeah well I think it's a it's a bit of a reframe for a lot of people because I think for a long time we've been taught through a bit of a behaviorism paradigm that if a child's acting out it means they're, they're bad or they're naughty but kids like us as adults they're all just trying to get our needs met, you know. And so when a child is having a hard time, I always say there's always a reason behind the behaviour. Now, that could be just because they're really hungry or it could be because they haven't seen you all day or it could be because they've got this big build-up of stress or tension you know, that they've been building in their bodies because, you know, they've been in care all day and someone kicked over their tower and someone else, you know, took something off them and, and then they had lunch that they didn't like and all those stresses have built up in their bodies and then when they come home to you, who's their kind of safe place, you know, you give them the wrong coloured cup and then the next minute they're just losing it because they wanted the blue cup instead of the red cup and I think it's a really beautiful skill for us as adults to take a breath and learn to look behind the behavior and go, I wonder what's actually going on here because kids are still learning how to emotionally communicate with us, how to uh, process their feelings and emotions that's going on. And it's our job as adults to kind of tune in with them and say, Hey, how can I support you here when you've got something really big going on?
0: tantrums is is one thing, and we might do a bit of a step by step on on how to take them. But actually, um, just children not listening to you is a big problem as well. Um, mm. Telling them over and yes. over again, go and brush your teeth, go and brush your teeth, yeah. go and brush your yeah. teeth. Why aren't you yeah. listening to me? And that can get pretty tense. And and you know, and I find myself snapping eventually and saying hey i'm actually going to take that yeah. book away now for uh, for an hour um to yeah. to punish you for not listening to me um what's going wrong there with that disconnect i mean are we not yeah. talking to our kids in the right way do we need to be more patient what's the story
1: well i think actually it's about connection so so often children are in their own world like you know for example if your child's reading their book and they're engrossed in that or you have you know, a six-year-old building all this amazing Lego tower and they're really engrossed in that. And then we're standing in the kitchen going, you know, it's time to get in the bath. Mm. You've got to go get in the bath. Well, to that child, you know, the bath isn't of high priority for them. And also, (laughs) they're just so engrossed in their world. they're, They're, It's like they're hearing a background music playing, you know. They're not getting it. So what we often, I think, do as parents is sometimes we make the mistake of of telling our kids, I want you to do this, I want you to do this, but there's no connection there. So we're often far better off going over to our kids, you know, touching them on the shoulder or getting down low and saying, hey, what are you reading? What's this about? Tell me a bit more. Or you might say, Oh, wow, that's an amazing tower that you're building. I love what you've, you know, what you've done with the top of it. And then when you've got that connection, then you can look them in the eye and say, hey, mate, we've got to go get in the bath now. Do you want to put your tower up here or should we take it into the bathroom? You know, should we race there together? You're offering them a bridge of connection to get them to do what we want them to do. So, so often it's really tricky for kids to cooperate if there's no connection there. And I think as adults, because we are so busy and we've got all the balls in the air, you know, often we're just like, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. And we're forgetting that often our kids are on a totally different... Wavelength. What they actually need is a bit of connection first, and then uh, the majority of the time, if they're in balance, they'll they'll usually cooperate. uh,
0: I guess easier to make a connection during moments of calm than in moments of stress, or not?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, I mean, I think it's such a beautiful point you're bringing up there. It's easy to be what I say, a calm, connected parent when. You know, there's enough money in the bank, and we've had a full night's sleep, and someone's made us dinner, and we're relaxed (laughs) and calm. You know, we can all be the fun, playful parent, but it is when it's stressful that it is really tricky. And I think we have to be so compassionate to ourselves as adults and parents because we live in a pretty stressful world these days. You know, it's fast paced. And I think that we're often just all trying to juggle all the balls and keep our head above water. And, you know, the, the challenge is sometimes for us to slow down a little bit and, and tune into ourselves to then be able to tune in to our kids. And, you know, children are a beautiful barometer around, I guess, how stressed we are. You know, when I often find that when children um, are not listening or they're really pushing back on a lot of stuff, you know, sometimes that's a bit of a mirror around how perhaps disconnected we are with ourselves mm. as well. And and I know everybody is time poor, but I, I often say to parents that the first step is always is about meeting your needs as a parent? Do you need to have a little break? Do you need a little bit of time on your own? What What can you do to connect in with yourself so that we then connect in with our beautiful kiddos? Because, you know, that's ideally, I think we all would love to be that parent where we're calm and connected, but we, we have a lot of stresses that go on and I think we have to be kind and compassionate to ourselves around that and then just be mindful as possible to take those little steps forward to connect with ourselves so that we can connect with our kids.
0: So and maybe this involves less use of punishment and rewards, but those things do work in their own way, don't they, Lale?
1: Well, look, they, they can do. If you want short-term results, then yes, they can. There's no doubt. But a lot of the research does say this, and I think in, in the 20 years I've been working in this space, what I have seen is that When we do kind of rely on punishments and rewards, and it does set up a bit of a dynamic with our kids, particularly if we use punishments, and a lot of the research shows this, is we use a lot of punishments with kids, then particularly in the teenage years, kids get really good at lying, right? They get really good at hiding what they've done because there's no way they're going to come and tell you what's happened because the fear is always, well, what are you going to take away from me or what's Mm. going to happen? And, you know, and I absolutely, again, have a lot of empathy for parents. You know, when we need our kids to do something and we've got to get out the door, you know, those threats and rewards, they do work in that moment. But I often talk about parenting as a longer game. And in that longer game, what we're ideally looking for is how do we have a connected relationship? So our kids grow up to be adolescents and, and those beautiful young adults that that do have a deeply connected relationship to us and and who want to share you know, the big stuff that's going on. So even though we can get instant results with it, you know, sometimes it can create ruptures in our relationships. You know, I often say to parents, you know when our beautiful teenagers are at a party and something's gone wrong what we ideally want is for our kids to go gosh I'll ring my parents they'll mm-hmm. know what to do or they'll come and help us as opposed to god I really hope my parents don't find out about this <laughs> yeah. and i think there's a there's a big there's a big difference there and sometimes that comes from you know really i think as adults taking a look at when our kids do mess up which they all do you know there's no perfect kid they're all going to mess up We want to be able to kind of take an extra step to look behind the behavior and go, okay, I wonder – What's gone on that's causing them to do that? Now, sometimes kids mess up because they're just taking normal risks and they're trying stuff. And we've all done that as, as humans. You know, we all like to stretch a little bit and see what we can get away with. But then there's, uh, then there's sometimes other reasons why kids are messing up. And that can be again, because, you know, they're, they're feeling really bad about themselves. They've got a whole lot of their own stress and tension. They're feeling really disconnected. There's a whole lot of pain going on for them. And that's why they're acting out in other ways. So, you know, it is, it's is—it's a bit bigger than just a kind of black mm. and white thing, I think, you know, because every child is different and every family is different and unique. And and then, you know, I think with parenting, we have to always look at, you know, there's always trauma sometimes thrown in there as well with just day-to-day life of things that happen. So, at the end of the day, you know, we, we can't, there's no perfect in parenting, but I often, so come back to parents and say, you know, if you could ask yourself the question, what would connection look like here, then that's usually really guiding a beautiful guiding line to help us get closer to, to building that relationship with our kids. Because at the end of the day, and again, I really do believe this, no kid feels good messing up and they don't feel good lying yeah. to us. They're often doing it just to get their needs met or just to kind of keep themselves safe in some way. So when we can kind of prioritize the relationship, you know, and and look at it through that lens of, right, how do I stay connected to you and how do I help you be a really wonderful human? Well, sometimes that comes from what we model to them. It comes from prioritizing that relationship, you know, that we have with them. And it comes from, I guess, stretching ourselves as adults to kind of look at our beliefs and values around family and parenting as well.
0: I'm speaking with Lael Stone. She's an Australian author, podcaster, and parenting educator, and she's in New Zealand for workshops about an approach to raising kids called Connected Parenting. So I get that, Lael. You you want your kids to behave even when the carrot and stick aren't around. You want to set them up for independent success. Um, What does Connected uh, Parenting look like, or, or what does a connection look like? How do you achieve it?
1: Well, I think firstly, you know, I, I often say the first thing is we want to make sure that our kids know that it's okay for them to express their feelings and, and to cry and to get upset and get angry because that's all that's all a part of being human. Sometimes when we give our kids the messages, you know, don't cry, don't get upset. It, it kind of says to the child, look, I, I really love you when you're good and, and I like you when you're behaving well, but when you're upset and when you're angry, you know, then I'm going to withdraw my energy from you. Now that's how most of us were raised, you know, so I know it's a big stretch for people to get their head around that. But often what that does then is it sets up a bit of a story within us that says, you know, it's not okay to be upset. It's not I have to be happy all the time. And nobody's happy all the time. Like we, we all have times in our lives where we feel angry and upset So for me, the first piece is always coming back to letting our kids know, hey, I accept and love all parts of you. Now, I'm also there to guide you to be a really good human, which means that we also have boundaries and guidelines and that it's really important that we have those boundaries and limits. But I think what it's about is being clear with our boundaries and limits with our kids. You know, I'm not willing for you to throw the ball in the house, what you're doing. You know, you can go throw it outside and and if you're not going to do it, I'm going to take that ball away and, hey, I'm here to to be with you, to see how you feel about that. But it's also, I think, about understanding and looking behind the behaviour to go, there's always a reason why kids are doing what they're doing. Um, You know, they're not being cheeky or naughty or we'll wrap bags just to, to make our life hard, even though sometimes it can feel that way. There's often a need that needs to be met for our kids and sometimes we need to be able to look at that. So I think that connected piece is around inviting our kids to express their feelings in healthy ways and holding space for that. I also think connected parenting is about meeting kids where they're at, which means what are they into? What do they love? You know, in these busy days that we mm. live in, you know, where it's easy to kind of put our kids in front of technology or, you know, to to not have that connection. But our kiddos really just want some connected time with us. And that could be 20 minutes a day where you're just connecting with your child, doing what they love. Now, if that's, you know, playing Lego, can you just be for 20 minutes playing Lego with them? Can you just be jumping on the trampoline with them for 20 minutes? Could it be even playing a game that they love online, but playing with them so that you get to play and laugh together? And I think when we can prioritize just even 20 minutes or half an hour of that connection time a day, it can make a massive difference in filling up a child's cup because at the end of the day, What kids really deeply want is just to have that connected time with us. You know, they just want to know that we see them and that we delight in being with them and want to spend time with them. And again, I really appreciate that we've got really busy lives these days, but just a tiny bit of connection every day can do wonders in building that beautiful relationship with our children.
0: Yeah, this is stuff that's getting squeezed, right? This is stuff that's getting squeezed by two parents with full time jobs and lots of structured activities and obligations it's that time where you are just doing nothing else but hanging with your kids and, and doing what they want to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and again, I really appreciate the stresses that we're all under as adults these days. It's hard, but I think even 15 or 20 minutes can make a difference. Mm. And in that 15 or 20 minutes, you know, don't look at your phone, don't make a <laughs> cup of tea, just be present with them. And, and that, I have seen that, you know, in a lot of the families I've worked with, just even that time once a day can make a difference in a child feeling more connected it can actually help shift their behavior it, it actually meets their need of just being seen and connected to which is that fundamental human need as as all little children is just to know hey mum and dad want to be with me or they want to hang out with me and they they enjoy being with me and i think even if we can do it for little pockets of time it can make a difference in helping our kids feel seen and heard
0: the other big piece of advice i often get from experts is to let them have their own space and let them um, discover their own boundaries and kind of hands off. Um, It's maybe um, the other side of the same coin. You maybe need a bit of both.
1: Yeah, I think so. Look, you know, we it's really important for children to have choice and autonomy. I think that's something that we forget these days that I actually created a school a few years ago in Australia, which is based around around a lot of this emotional awareness stuff that we talk about. And one of the big key things that we do at our school is give the children choice and autonomy where possible, which is, you know, we give them um, opportunities to learn in ways that feel good for them, where we can give them choice. You know, we absolutely do, because I think nobody loves being told what to do all the time. So I think as, as children, as much as adults, you know, we do love to have choice in what and how our life rolls. Now, it doesn't mean that we then let a four year old dictate what happens in our family, right? That they're the boss of Mm. us. But where we can give them choice, it's a really important thing to do. And, and I think it is, it's a beautiful balance between giving our kids choice and autonomy and then also staying connected and, and particularly around those big things that we know as adults where we perhaps have the wisdom and the insight around how it can roll you know, to sometimes hold those boundaries, you know, calmly and connected um, around certain things that they need to do, but then also try and give them choice where possible within it. It's It's a juggle. It's tricky. You know, parenting doesn't come with a manual, right? There's no 10-step checklist, unfortunately, to say this is how you should do things. But I think if we can keep coming back to those basics of, you know, if I was eight, what would I have loved from my parent right now? Or if I was 16 and I was going through this what is it that I would deeply mm. need from my parent? And I find that most of the time the answer is this. So uh, I want a parent to be there who is calm, who is connected, who is seeing the bigger picture here, you know, who is either holding a really gentle limit, if that's what I need, or is there kind of listening to me and and saying, hey, this feels tricky. I know it's really hard, but I trust in your ability to get through it and welcoming our tears. So I I find that having worked with thousands of adults, too, and I do a lot of work with them around what happened to them as kids, most of the wounds or stories that we carry as adults are usually connected to not feeling, you know, completely seen Mm. by our parents or or feeling that we're not enough.
0: What do your workshops look like? You're here in New Zealand um, holding workshops for parents. And is it it mostly... Um, you telling parents what you've learned or is it interactive? Are there role plays or, or breakout sessions or what can people expect?
1: Yeah, so the, I've got a, a workshop in Upper Hutt this evening um, and that one is just a two-hour kind of talk. So I'm just giving lots of great tips and stuff with a little bit of interactivity, mm-hmm. opportunity for parents to ask questions. Uh, a similar workshop in Invercargill is just on the 7th, 7th of December, um, where we'll be doing something similar to that and then i mean Wanaka on the 9th and that's a bit of a longer workshop and that's where there's a lot more interactivity and and some little breakouts for people to explore what it was like for them as kids and you know what they want to do you know now as as parents
0: great and and what age kids does this stuff apply to
1: well, I think it applies to, to everyone from little bubbers all the way up to kind of those teen years. I find most of my work kind of usually sits to that, you know, one to 12-year-old age group. But I also find a lot of what I talk about applies to teenagers as well, you know, because even though teenagers, you know, have a lot more freedom and they've got a far better vocabulary than a three-year-old, uh, they still often have, you know, similar big feelings and worries and those kind of things going on as well. So the same principles, I think, apply whether they're little kids or teens.
0: Nice one. And we'll send people to your website or the Facebook page if they want to find out more.
1: Yeah. Yep. You can go to my website, which is Um And there's an events page on there for the workshops if anyone's interested in coming along.
0: Great. And I see there's also a webinar on talking to your kids about sex. We might have to get you back for that on another occasion. <laughs>
1: Yes. Yeah. That's another big interesting topic. Yeah. You know, a topic that's really important, I think, for adults and parents to understand because it's a, it's a big issue these days with our beautiful kiddos. You know, there's a lot of access to stuff online and pornography and all that kind of stuff. And, and I really do believe that we need to be the, the best educators for our kids around that. So it's a, yes, I do have a great webinar on just some tips and tricks and tools to be able to have these tricky conversations with our kids.
0: Well, thank you for the good work you're doing. Uh, you obviously come recommended because uh, it was a listener who went to one of your workshops and got in touch with us and suggested you as an interviewee. I'm so glad they did. Enjoy your time here in New Zealand, and thanks for chatting to us today.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Jesse.
0: That's Lale Stone. Uh, if you need the spelling, L-A-E-L... Uh, Stone, S-T-O-N-E, in New Zealand for workshops about her approach to raising kids called connected parenting.